I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults with zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability, no system no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I don't signing even. I have forty-three signing, million dollars a year. Usually, usually yes. I come up with the joke in advance, but Jordan, today I was too busy <laughs> to do that and forgot. <laughs> and that means it is free agent frenzy time. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman, and we are currently recording uh, at five seventeen PM Eastern time, uh, which is notable because by the time you're listening to this, Mike Trout could be on the Brewers. Right. Um, that's how this time of the year rolls. Yes, uh, PM uh, Monday. It is Monday night. You know, normally we we record on Tuesday mornings, um, but with the ridiculous flurry of action, which we we had a feeling would be coming, uh, particularly with the understanding that teams need to agree to these deals so that they can do physicals before the lockout. We have a lot to get to, but keep in mind if you're listening to this on Monday evening and something happened between you know six PM Eastern and ten PM Eastern, sorry we didn't get to it, but we have so much to talk about. Obviously, we're going to begin with Max Scherzer, but we're going to basically cover all the big moves that happened over the last week. We're going to kind of organize it by team specifically, because if we go chronologically, that's I don't even remember. It's going to be impossible to keep up. So uh, let's begin with Max Scherzer (laughs) going to the New York Mets. Now, Bobby (laughs) Wagner is here. Bobby Wagner is back. He was he was not here for our last uh, recording. Uh, uh, And Bobby, uh, I mean, Bobby, just just stick with us here. Uh, for this little section, because we're going to begin with your your Metropolitans. But yes, indeed, you all saw Max Scherzer goes to Bobby's New York Mets for three years uh, at $650 billion. And uh, this was, we have other Mets moves to talk about that would have been exciting on their own. But holy shit, dude, you have Max Scherzer on your team. How are you feeling? Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good. 
uh, it doesn't feel real yet because so Max Scherzer is weirder than having Francisco Lindor. I'll just start there because oh, for sure, for sure. I watched because him pitch you had so been, many people, games. I watched no, Max but, Scherzer throw a no-hitter against the Mets. Like, this is very weird. photoshopping Francisco Lindor into Mets uniforms for years. Yes. Whereas this never felt like a, a even a pipe dream. He wasn't really even rumored to go no, to the Mets before the fact, offseason. Yeah. He was rumored to specifically not want to play for the Mets for whatever reason. Because I don't know if this was all just like Boris nonsense to increase his value, but... He wants to stay on the West Coast. It's better for the aches and pains of his aging body. His non-arm pain. It's not all of this stuff you know being leaked on Twitter. You know what's good for the aches and pains? $43 million. This is the thing. This is the thing, guys. This is what the last week has proven. You don't need a plan. You barely need a GM. Nope. You don't need to have successful seasons you don't in the need last a three years. This is what the money is for. That's what the money's for! It's it's really not that complicated. Like so many of these deals, we start and, and we're going to go through all of them, right? But it's like, oh, you know that that extra year is you know what got Semyon, you know what got to Semyon. It's like, yeah, you throw on the extra year, you throw on the extra five million a year, ten million a year, whatever crazy amount that you know the Scherzer negotiation started at, you're going to get the player. Like it's and, it's and not all it that costs complicated. Money. And guess what? It's not your money. It's Steve Cohen's money. So he can't right. buy one more uh, Which, Picasso. It's fine. It's fine. You're never going to see the Picasso's anyway. This is amazing. This is great. It's not real money. It's not real money, right? Because he... Drunken for, sailors and, are having fun. Okay? Yes. It, <laughs> We're having it's fun. It's not real money. Um, the, I heard something uh, on some, you know, thing. The last day has been a rush, Max Scherzer-wise. Someone is basically talking about how, like, maybe, you know, it, it's great for Scherzer. Like, he maybe he really wants to come to the organization and, like, take the Mets out of, you know, being an embarrassment and, you know pitch in front of the bright lights. I don't think he gives a crap about all that. I think the I bottom think so line is that the Mets gave him the biggest contract and he wants the most amount of money. And would you? And I think operating, I'm not saying you're doing this, Bobby, but I think operating under any kind of assumption that like Max Scherzer has any type of loyalty to like Mets baseball before yesterday is a farce. And like he understandably saw one three zero and four three and was like, mm, mm-hmm, yeah. And here's here's the other thing, and, and we'll get to what this actually like. We will we will analyze the the baseball implications here at some point. But it's just a good reminder that you know there are a lot of things behind the scenes that maybe we don't know. You know, and and you know we'll talk about you know the Scherzer thing was kind of on its own because we knew it was going to be a limited number of teams and the AV was going to be so crazy and whatever. But like it's possible that Semyon had an identical offer on the table from another team. It seems unlikely, but there are probably free agent situations where team players actually have identical offers or players have identical offers and they have to pick based on other factors, right? That, that surely does happen. But a lot of these deals we've seen so far, it's clear that the winning team has pushed the envelope, right? Has taken it that step further, that extra year, that extra. And that makes it obvious. It's just, you cannot turn these contracts down and they shouldn't. And these players deserve the money that they're, you know, obviously it's, it's <laughs> we're going to be talking a lot about how the players deserve more money this winter. Um, and, and good for them and good for sure. So like you said, Jake, and I don't think it has anything to do with like, oh, he's going to like, no, he doesn't care. He wants to win. The Mets have a good roster too. Um, but again, you could look at the Rangers and the Rangers are still far away. It doesn't matter. You're going to put $500 million in front of Semyon and Seeger. They're going to say yes. But the, this uh, is good the- for them. This is the thing about the baseball market, though, and this is why it moves in mysterious ways to people sometimes is because there is no definite structure to any of these contracts. You know, we'll talk a little bit about the Byron Buxton extension. You guys talked about Wander Franco last week. 
it's not like the NBA where it's five years max, five years, 220. That's what every person can get offered. And that's kind of the the beautiful thing about not having a salary cap is that sometimes you can just completely blow past it for the guy that you absolutely yeah. want. And when you think about the fact that if we can transition a little bit into how, how this actually changes the New York Mets, it's like they will, barring any injury, which is something that you just have to, at this point in the season, you can't plan for it or even really think about it and you don't want to. They will have Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer pitching in consecutive games of series for hopefully most of 2022. And that's terrifying. Like, that is demoralizing for another team to go up against. It's like, are you are you kidding? Like, I remember the Mets going against the Dodgers and feeling a, a similar thing when I have to <laughs> run into Scherzer and Arias and all these other guys. And it's like, when you can secure that level of intimidation, incredibly high quality starting pitching that can just win you games on itself. I mean, there's no number that 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 like you really need to limit that to if you have an owner that's willing to sign off on it. Yeah, that to me is the biggest difference in the vibe around the Mets right now is the limitlessness of it, right? Where under Cohen, it might not be any less of a circus, right? And compared to the will puns, right? It might be just as much of like a logistical and bureaucratic clusterfuck, but there's this idea and the energy that like anything is possible because he's willing to spend the money. And and the shures are just the sheer number of how far they blew past the record for AAV is indicative of that to me. Well, it's that. And I mean, again, we can get into the other moves that they made that also push this, but like there's no cap. There is a luxury tax. But whatever the number is, they are currently over 260 million, which I think the Dodgers were somewhere maybe close to 250 at one point over the last couple of years. But they're going to keep going. I mean, it's it's possible they end up at 300 by opening day. Let's and like, do it. That is, which sure, like again, there's literally no reason not to. Like this is exactly what you're hoping for. But it is it is pretty amazing, right? Because we've seen you know two million dollars a game. Let's go we've 330. Seen, <laughs> we've seen the Dodgers push it, but like. This is ex- this is the best case scenario. This is it. Just like sure, we're going to spend a, literally a hundred million dollars more than everybody else. Um, then the second teams in second, right? Let alone the teams that are still below a hundred million. And sure, that's exactly what you, it's it's, the, it's what you're dreaming of. So good for them. Good for the Mets. But okay, so let's. They have Scherzer. That's Scherzer. Should we go to the other moves or anything else on Max? Well, the last thing I want to say about Scherzer is like there's a level of risk inherent in any big contract that you give out, and especially with a pitcher, and especially with a 37-year-old pitcher, right? I do think that there is a world, there is a reality, where Scherzer and DeGrom's combined throw 120 innings next year, right? And people are, oh, the deal was worth it. But you can't account for that. You have to act under what players have done. And for the most part, Max Scherzer, his weird playoff uh, scratched starts aside has been very durable. And if they both get hurt, you build as much depth as you can to fill that on the back end. But all you can ask from a team is to take the risk. And yeah. you have to take, this is a risk worth taking. It is literally Max Scherzer. You know, if they had given this money to Robbie Ray, Jordan, then that's a <laughs> slightly different conversation. I mean, well, we'll get to Robert. This is how you become the Dodgers, though. Like, if you actually say that, that you have to do it. And how you become the Dodgers is you keep all your picks by letting your qualifying offers guy, guy, your qualifying offer players walk. And then you replace them with even better players who are even more expensive. Like, the Dodgers spent through the bad years and they didn't offload 
prospects and talented players and other good players just to get off money. They paid out the ether contracts. They paid out the late years of the Matt Kemp contract. Like these guys who were not as good as they used to be, like they took on that money and they ate it and they ran a high payroll year over year so that they could build organizational depth so that they didn't lose out on guys just because of finance. David Price is on the team right now, making thirty million or, or I would, whatever. I would say, yeah, I think you're right. I think generally you're you're totally right, Bobby. Obviously, the next step is you know becoming the the drafting and developing beast that the Dodgers also have, which and is a, it's a whole that, other thing. That's that and that takes years, completely. right? There's there's nothing Steve Cohen can do right now that is going to make that happen. Um, and the, and and uh, but honestly, as we as we can kind of transition now to the other moves that they made. Uh, a lot of this too is that right. The farm is still not great. They do have some gems, you know, guys like Francisco Alvarez have kind of and and Beatty have kind of come on, but you know, they they already traded PCA, right? You know, and maybe they end up bringing back Bias, but like that that kind of depth is not there in the same way that the Dodgers have had and, and have proven to it. So that's why you patch it up, and that's why you go say, you know what, screw it, we got the money, let's go get good veteran players. I don't care that they're 32, 33. Yeah. Starling Marte, Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar. Let's talk about them for a little bit before we move on to Texas. Um, obviously, Marte is, is the headliner here, even though that came came third. This all came uh, last Friday night. Marte, you know, the best center fielder on the market. Um, an interesting career. I know Jake has, has <laughs> made his take known on this podcast that he actually trusts guys that have been popped for steroids more than guys that <laughs> Love haven't. Or Love I don't know how you phrase that, but... <laughs> Love that. Like just when the suspension kicks in, the muscle goes away. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, but Nelson, the point is, Nelson Starling, Cruz is still around. Star, yeah, yeah. But uh, but Starling Marte, uh, obviously, <laughs> just coming off a, a career season. I know Mets. The Mets fans have been waiting for a a real actual center fielder who is good on both sides of the ball. And and yeah, I mean, he's that. Uh, again, the, the reality with all these players is, you know, as they as they are get into, you know, maybe their mid thirties, they're, they're more susceptible to fall off. But no, well, I'm not gonna. It, it's one of those things where it's like you're still buying him because he just had a career year. He looks great. And like, if we're worried about what's happening in four or five years from now, it doesn't matter. The Mets need to win right now. And Starling Marte is probably going to help them right now. That one's really simple for me. Uh, You get two elite years, one good year and one year where he can't walk. That's a good contract. And he's a very, he's a very entertaining player. And I can just, him at the top of that lineup is going to be very, very enjoyable for Mets fans. I think that is just going to be a very fun watch. The Mets finally care about defense, I guess, because Marte is a better center fielder than anyone they've had on the roster in the last few years. And Canna is as good a center fielder as anyone that they've had on the roster in the last couple of years, basically, because they've had Nimmo been, that's been playing center. I mean, other than the guys who are actually defense only, who who can't hit at all, the Juan Lagares is the Albert Almora Jr. Whoa, like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Juan yeah, Lagares can, hit, he can yeah. hit the Dominican Winter League, but he can't hit Major League fastballs. Um, it's, it's an unfortunate skill to not have when you're a Major League uh, hitter. Um, the other thing I love about the, these I love three the, guys... I love the Marte and the Canada deal. I love them. Yeah. The other thing about these three guys is that they're very likable. Like, in the clubhouses. The reviews from people who played with them, particularly Escobar Scherzer. These are, are players who command respect, who uh, are very well liked by their teammates. And I I think Chelsea Janes tweeted this. You can't imagine like the thumbs down situation happening in a Max Scherzer run clubhouse, right? Like that type of circus scenario doesn't happen when Mad Max is kind of in charge of your team's culture. And I think that that is, I think that's really important that these guys, these veterans that they've brought in are not going to let the tra- the traditional messiness of it all happen. 
I mean, there will still be messiness, like, duh, of course. But I think that if you, the less messy players you bring into the <laughs> Mets, you're lowering the likelihood and ferocity of a future messy situation. I, I don't want I don't mean to bring the conversation back to Scherzer, but really quickly, I do love to imagine like Max Scherzer just bouncing around clubhouse to clubhouse to be on the same staff as all of the best pitchers of this generation. Like he's now pitched with Verlander, he's now pitched with pitched with Kershaw, he's gonna he's gonna pitch Strasburg. with Degrom next year. Strasburg when he before he got hurt and kind of fell off a little bit. It's just very funny to imagine. It, it, it does speak a little bit to that that clubhouse thing that you're talking about, Jake. Where like he. He, I, you could tell, like from the moment that he sat down next to Kershaw, that they just had a certain respect for each other, for what they've both accomplished in this game and what they are continuing to accomplish in this game. That, like, aside from a couple guys in the Mets clubhouse, none of none of them really had that. Yeah, Max Scherzer, besides being an elite starting pitcher, it's like Restaurant Impossible, but with clubhouses. He goes from team to team, <laughs> and he, he 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 drops in and repairs your broken clubhouse, and then he jets off to the next city. Uh, Bobby Wagner, my question for you before we move on to Texas is what is next? Now, it seems that the, you know, pay, payroll wise, who cares? You know, just keep, keep going up. I know. Mets Correa, baby. Back, but I, I, <laughs> wow. I do think they that, are in. Now, I would, my heart might actually briefly stop. This if is, they signed this, Correa. <laughs> again, they, they've, they've done great, obviously. Um, uh, you know, but I'm looking, I'm looking at it. the bullpen definitely could still, you know, use some work. And, and the other thing is, is, is now they have, you know, McNeil and Dom Smith and JD Davis. And, you know, when we talk about the Dodgers, it's like, yes, it's actually great to have those players in roles that are more depth instead of the, the stars. Um, but I am curious if they can just keep those guys as more platoon bench options. Cause we know Cano's coming back, which is a whole other thing. Um, and, wow. or if they maybe use one of those guys, didn't for consider trade. that. I, I, yeah. So yeah, Robinson Cano's on the Mets. Um, but they, so I'm just, I'm just curious to see how this all fit. And again, these are good problems to have. I'm not too worried, but I am, I am curious to see if they just kind of keep spending, you know, maybe they so could the Mets just extend like, Cano while we're at it. Like just the, just yeah, sure, exactly. Exactly. I, it's I all monopoly on, money. <laughs> I, yeah. I joked on Twitter, just bring back Matt Harvey. I mean, who cares? Well, what's the difference? Uh, so yes. So I, do you, I guess I just wanted to ask you like, what, what is, it's so weird because now you know you're operating in this like we can, can afford anybody. This? But but what do you what do you want to see next, or what do you think happens next? I, wait, I, quickly, a, a manager. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't even think it that like the fans don't care about nah, getting dude. a manager nah, when you're getting this many. Let's good fix players. it all at once. Let's do, let's do it while we're at it. Let's just fix it all at once. We already started doing the laundry. Let's just do every bit of laundry. We'll do all the laundry loads. We're not just going to do one of the yeah. stuff that we need. Like let's get it all done. It's Sunday afternoon. Can Come on. I speak. To your manager. No, I cannot because you don't have one. Carlos Beltran, just bring him back. Do you it. You want all sure. the goodwill? You want to feel good? Bring him back. You didn't do anything wrong. Come on. Bobby, what do you think is next? Go get, go get Dabo. Uh, <laughs> building out the bullpen. You know, bullpen, yeah, I, I, agree. I, I guess just like that'll probably be less splashy, but it'll probably, sure. it'll probably need to be like guys in the seven to $12 million dollar per Man, year whatever. range. Yeah, exactly. Because they just need more depth there. Like you, you just can't have Juris Familia throwing high leverage seventh inning of games that Max Scherzer went six and struck out 12. Like it's just not going to fly. Um, otherwise then, then it actually is sunk cost to like build out this rotation and et cetera, et cetera. If you're just going to blow it. So yeah, probably bullpen. I didn't even realize Familia was a free agent. Yeah. He's not very no, good. He's not I very no good. No idea, but yeah, they do not have any left-handers uh, in the bullpen right now. So obviously with loop, loop was the only one, they were using last year. So 
uh, which works. Because he never so, gave up any runs at all. <laughs> right. So he was great. But you do have to replace him. And uh, yeah. All right. No more Enough. Mets chat. Enough. They deserve, what, what they deserve was, to lead. Yeah, what? Before we are done talking about the Mets, Jordan, uh, I don't know if you put this in our Slack chat or if you put this in our text chat, uh, yeah. but there was a tweet that struck me that you sent to us. Uh, I believe it was from Mike Cameron. Do you have that in front of you? I'm looking <laughs> oh. for this. Oh, okay. I, I I don't have it in front of me, but here, uh, one second. I let me pull it up. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is great. Former uh, big league outfielder Mike Cameron uh, of the <clears throat> played for many teams. I'm sure you know about him. He tweeted this was on November 26, in between uh, Stephen Matz pissing every uh, pissing off Steve Cohen and the Mets going wild. I believe he tweeted, "How do you minimize certain topics on this Twitter? I'm so dang tired of Mets this." Mets that, <laughs> aren't we all? And all right, I think well, it, that was just uh, just getting started. So it's like, yeah, that? that's how Poor that's baseball Twitter. Anything the Mets that's do an all, is just that's an all-timer. That's an all-timer, it's right? A, he can't. I mean, he, you can mute terms. I mean, I guess we could teach teach Mike that. I mean, you can mute terms. I, we, we're not, you know, I, I haven't. We don't really use I'm, that function. But imagine how like stressed. Him. Imagine how stressed he is now with all this Mets chat. I know, I know. But at least some of the Robbie Ray stuff is probably drowning it out. All right, let's move to Texas. Dude, I have like 85 more things to say about the Mets, but like, oh, I'm not going to do it. But here. this pod is only going to be an hour and a half and not 50 hours. So we move on to the Texas Rangers who have committed over half a billion dollars in the last <laughs> uh, couple days. Uh, of course, headlined by Cole Calhoun, uh, who will be bolstering their offense. A probably, probably the worst offense in the league. Um, the last couple of years, just a dreadful unit. They bring in a veteran in Cole Calhoun to pair with fellow Yavapai College legend Willie Calhoun, the two home run leaders in Yavapai College history. Calhoun's there, not related. And Cole Calhoun, this is a good start for a team that is trying to get back to relevance. Would you agree? How do I put this politely, Jordan? <laughs> do they do good anything else? Good, yeah. Oh, they did. I don't know if you saw this because you were at the Apple store. I thought the $500 million was all going to Cole Calhoun. Oh, no, no, no. Just kidding. They signed two of the top. They're donating, arguably, it, they're donating it to Greenpeace. Uh, they signed two, arguably, of the top three free agents on the market. Definitely two of the top five. Corey Seager, Mark Semyon. Semyon came first, seven years, $175 million. I was like, seven years? He's 31? Holy shit. Well, guess what? The seven years is how you get Marcus Semyon to come to Texas. That's, that's easy a, money. That's Marcus, a jubilee, Jordan. Marcus Semyon. Again, they began the offseason with their payroll under $50 million, and they said, we're going to add $100 million in payroll. And they've it basically, actually, they're still not even there yet, uh, but they're certainly getting there. Marcus Semyon, then Corey Seager, uh, just a little bit before we started recording, 10 years, 325 as well as John Gray for a much more reasonable, based on his upside, getting him away from Coors Field uh, for, I believe, 456. Uh, and yes, Cole Calhoun as well. Jake Mintz, the Texas Rangers um, are still not very good. Uh, their pitching staff is still very, very, very thin, um, and parts of their lineup are still not very good. But this is about the fastest way you can get to interesting in, in, a, in, a, in a day. Uh, and I don't know if they're necessarily ready to compete, but for a team that still doesn't necessarily have a top heavy, like we got stars on the way farm system, this is a great way to fast track the rebuild and say, look, we have automatically a couple really awesome baseball players 
and we can you know pair that like that's this is this is the time to spend right uh and and they're doing it and they promised and and it's pretty freaking cool good for the rangers i don't care <laughs> like <laughs> come on now no so, it's wait. cool no 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 it's cool this is cool yeah. it's good for the rangers i'm happy for them they, but there is something beautiful uh, let me let me walk that back i do care i do care good for them i there's something about it that just feels like very Texas opulent and like, <laughs> like almost Definitely. like, almost like gluttonous, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah, like, I agree. It, they, they, they signed these two flashy, like fun, interesting players to play in their new empty domed grill because they not, feel like they not empty, not empty. Rangers oh, I guess it's top not five empty. in attendance last year. Sorry. Now a lot of that is because Wait, they were like, up. COVID's not real. But you know what's funny about yeah. that in my mind the only reason i called it empty is because in, in my head i only watched the 2020 world series well and i'm like, glad you mentioned it, it's that, perpetually though. empty i'm glad you mentioned that though because Corey seager had a decent time uh in those two series if you recall hitting seven home runs in 13 games in globe death field uh in nlcs and world series in 2020 and his brother kyle has always enjoyed hitting in texas uh but again uh, 10, 325. That's the reason Corey Singer is going to Texas. Again, um, has nothing to do, cool. has nothing to do with loyalty. It has nope. nothing to do with him liking the Cowboys, maybe, right? <laughs> he is getting paid a lot of money. Sorry, I, I want to, I, again, I want to say, I want to apologize to the to the six Rangers fans who listen to Baseball Barbecue. Um, the Rangers in 2022 are more interesting than they were in 2021. I don't think they're good enough to compete in 2022. The rest of the lineup is not very good. That being said, these two moves, I'm not an idiot. I know that they're not for next year, right? This is in a long-term investment. You're going to be good in two years and three years and four years. Yes. I trust now Chris Young, John Daniels, and the mystery Rangers owner, who we know nothing about, to spend more money and invest in the ball club to make them competitive. But as far as it goes for 2022, I'm like, I'm I I'm not going to watch them as much as I should. Does that make sense? I don't want to sound like I'm skeptical because this team just dropped half a billion dollars <laughs> on two players, and I'm for that, and that's cool. But yeah. it certainly makes the AL West more interesting. I'm not going to. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, again, this is and Oakland. We're not even going to talk about because they haven't actually done anything to to you know pillage their own roster at this point, but. Um, I just think that this offense, this team in general, was bottom three MLB TV rankings uh, before this winter. Um, and now they're probably more in the you know 20 to 25 range, which is a huge upgrade. Bobby uh, Wagner. Yeah, Bobby Wagner. Hop on quickly. <laughs> I hate to put you on the spot, but I'm going to do it. Bobby you, know Wagner. you know I love when you do this. I, I know it's going to happen here, but go ahead. Bobby Wagner, uh, Rangers starting rotation. Uh, let's do it. At least you're not making of name relievers. Starting mm. rotation. Fangraphs. No. Nope. Okay, so chart. John Gray will be starting opening day, it seems like. John so. Gray. Yep. Uh, you want me to predict who's going to be the starting nope. rotation? I want you, you to tell me what it is right now. <laughs> what it is right now? Right now. I don't know. Genuinely don't know. I don't have any of the answers to that question. Okay. They, Bobby, uh, it's fine. Dane, you're being put on the spot. Uh, we got Dane Dunning. <laughs> All pitchers acquired over trade in the last four years. Uh, Dane Dunning, Taylor Hearn, AJ Alexi, Spencer Howard. 
Bullpen. Joe Barlow. Closer. Big fan. Who? Big fan. Spencer Patton. Brett Martin. Josh Spores. Dennis Santana. CNN's John King, uh, who's pretty good. Uh, Nick Snyder. Barely ever heard of him. Colby Allard. Those are the... And Jose LeClerc, who I think is still injured, but he'll be back from TJ at some point. Jonathan Hernandez also. That's not... Like, the Rangers are not there to, like, win right now, okay? Now, they could make, they could go sign Kenley Jansen. That's cool. Sure, maybe they'll do that. Um, but, like, this is not... But the, the, it's still, we're thrilled for them. If you're a Rangers fan, yes. who cares? This is amazing. The, I'm excited. I'm going to go to the games and watch two, uh, two of bingo. the best players in baseball. The 2022 Rangers have huge Rockies energy to me, where it's like, this team is not good. The pitching is a question mark. But there are players here that I care about, that I am invested in, that are like elite all-star level performers. I'm going to buy a ticket and I'm going to go to the stadium and I'm going right. to care like about the 2018 Rockies. A hundred percent. And like that is a good thing. So here I am. I've talked myself around. I'm in on the Rangers. Let's go. What do they call them? The, the jurors? Let's go jurors, baby. Uh, I think the Rangers, this is good. And, let's and do, honestly, let's they, go they, Rangs. Rangs culture. Rangs. Wranglers, right? I mean, that's what we're calling I, I had a long conversation yesterday with friend of the show, Clayton Yates, where I referred to the Carolina Panthers as the Thurs. How'd um, that go? Well, he liked it when I said every day is Thursday when you're oh, a football fan in yeah. Carolina. They played, have they played on Thursday night football? Yeah, Thursday. Anyway, uh, those are enough the Rangers. They, enough jurors chat. They have caught our attention, and they might not be done. Right again, obviously, as we were throughout this pod, there's more stuff coming surely uh, in the next uh, day or so. All right, and most importantly, probably better than the Angels. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of better than the Angels, should we talk Seattle about Mariners. Seattle Mariners or should we do Toronto first? Well, we're gonna kind of group Robbie Ray and Kevin Gaussman into one conversation because their contracts are very similar. Uh, Gaussman got five one. 10 from the Toronto Blue Jays and Robbie Ray got 5-115 with an opt-out after year three from Jordan's Seattle Mariners. He owns them. Jordan Stanton Nintendo. That's his <laughs> full name. <laughs> owns the Mariners. Um, Jordan, these two guys get very similar contracts. Ray was on the Blue Jays. He is now on the Mariners. I am interested in, did the Blue Jays come to a decision to prioritize Gossman over Ray? Was it the speed of the market that Gossman was ready to go and Ray wanted an extra day? I'm just curious from your perspective as someone who's, you know, reading more Mariners stuff than me, how did these pieces fall the way that they did? Yeah, this is this is a kind of case, you know, we, we, we started off this pod and we've just been like, it's all about the money, it's all about the money, it's all about the money. But then you see two pitchers who have really strong, you know, pros and cons against you know, bo both coming off excellent seasons, similar contracts, and the one who didn't get retained by the team you would think that they would want to keep the guy who they just had the Cy Young season from uh, and instead get it for $5 million less. So, so it's weird, right? So this could be a situation where the, the sequencing actually does impact the decision, right? Because there is obviously some sort of deadline that teams and players are, are going with right now. And, you know, Rosenthal put out something saying, like, Robbie Ray was not expected to sign, but maybe it, it hurried up. Once Gosman agreed, you know, stuff like this. So it is interesting. And, and I'm kind of surprised. I think among Mariners fans, I think 
Gosman felt like more of a realistic target just because Ray wasn't rumored as much. Now, it's possible Gosman was the target, right? And then once Gosman goes to Toronto, they're like, oh, wait, Ray's basically the same price. All right, boom. It's close enough that we're going to we're gonna make sure we still go get a frontline arm. I'm interested too. I think me personally, I think that the upside is clearly with Ray because of the season he just had was was better than the season Gosman just had. And I think like his, his stuff in general is just better. And, I think and whatever both- change he made to... Yeah. I think they both just had like their 96th percentile season that they're capable of, right? We've so, yeah, we literally just we, saw the best of both of them. It's that's very 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 possible and so for that reason I it felt like Gosman was maybe a better bet to be a little bit more sturdy. Um, obviously because we know what bad Ray looks like. That's that's tough whereas like bad Gosman or like average Gosman is still like a 4 whereas bad Ray is like just horribly unwatchable. Um, but whatever Ray did to slice his walk rate in half, I mean, this stuff was always good. It's not like he didn't have a great season a couple years ago with Arizona. Um, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm glad they, I'm glad they got one of them. I think it is interesting that the contracts and I actually think I, I was surprised that they, both of them didn't get a little bit more. Um, I, I felt like looking at what the starting pitching market was and looking at their ages and looking at the seasons that they just had, it does tell me that I think maybe the industry agreed with you that maybe they did just have their best season, right? And they, we still believe that they can be great pitchers and it's, they're still worth giving $20 million plus a year, but it's not a situation where it's like even – I mean, think about it. They got what, 23 23- uh, AAV, and I know that's over five years, and it's a different commitment. But you know, Cindergard, who has all his question marks, he got twenty one uh, for for at least one season. So I think that's um, not to mention Verlander and obviously Scherzer. So I was surprised they didn't get more. I think this will also be very interesting to see what happens with Stroman, and we'll get to him a little bit later because I think he's the other one kind of in that tier with them. Um, quickly on the Blue Jays before I get more more to the Mariners, uh, it is strange, but uh, again, it was reported God, they actually went hard, hard after Gosman last year um, too, and he decided to go to the Giants. Uh, just back to the Giants for one year. So that so clearly they've been on him for a while. Uh, and and the Blue Jays rotation, now they don't bring back Gosman, but, you know, they're bringing back Ray, but Gosman, uh, Barrios, Ryu, Manoa, like, that's pretty sweet. That's and, a fun, uh, fun, fun rotation. Ross Stripling, too. Uh, I, and Ross Stripling. <laughs> I think the QO also has something to do with this, where Ray had a QO attached to him, Gosman did not. So what the Blue Jays accomplish here is they bring in Gossman and they get the pick compensation from Ray. I think that's the type of thing that we as fans, like, I don't particularly care about that, like the free agents are the free agents. But when you're talking about very thin margins and clearly the margins, the difference between these two players is pretty small to, based upon the money they ended up getting, that QO does play a role there with the pick. Yep, agreed. And and for the Mariners and, you know, Rosenthal's also tweeted it like, they should keep going and keep signing QO free agents because they already have one of the best farms in baseball. Like if they're losing draft picks, it should not matter. Like that should not be a problem right now. So uh, I like it for both sides. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it's pretty freaking cool. The manager just signed the signing award winner. Like that's, <laughs> like that's, I know it was kind of a weird season and not necessarily like the strongest Cy Young class ever uh, in the American League. But no, I know we've made a lot of jokes about Robbie Ray over the years because like, when he was bad, it was like unwatchable Blake Snell. But like, dude was unbelievable this season. Like he he didn't, it wasn't like, if he had, when he did that for the first couple months, it was like, ha ha, okay, there's a hot stretch. But like, no, he, he literally just slashed his walk rate and the stuff was always that good. He was amazing. And he's exactly the kind of pitcher they need. I'm pretty excited about that. And, you know, pairing that with, you know, the, the, the Adam Frazier uh, trade that they made earlier, 
I think that's, again, that's just like a, it's a simple move. It's not flashy, but it's like, we just need more competent, good baseball players. And he's one of those. Uh, I still think they need to get another big bat. And hopefully that happens by the time you're listening to this or by the time the lockout happens, whether that's Chris Bryant or Castellanos or Suzuki or whatever. But I, it's, it's something it's, 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 it's definitely a promising start. And um, I'm, I'm pretty happy that, that Jerry was able to make something happen there. So go M's baby. Go Goms, Goms, Goms. Goms, goms, goms. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Next topic, not a free agent situation, but interesting nonetheless. Byron Buxton, President President Joe Byron. Byron. <laughs> what do you want to say? Who's to staying in Byron? Minnesota? Byron. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do that once we get off the podcast. What do you want to say to Byron Buxton right now? Take me out to dinner. He can I afford it. Say, here's, here's what I want to say uh, to Byron. Um, hell yeah, dude. Hell Byron yeah, Buxton, Byron. this is a great, this is a, by the way, I will also say, you know, coming off the Mariners discussion, I was like, oh, he's not signing. Uh, the Mariners should freaking trade everybody to get what you're Byron Buxton. I was like, this is a great center field option instead of, you know, pay, paying for Marte, whatever. Um, but clearly, this was a situation where the Twins understand what they have. They understand the risks, but they also understand this is not the kind of player you you let go because this is the one that if it does if he does manage to stay on the field and and there he's given us every reason to believe he won't stay on the field but if he does you are it is going to be tough to watch um in a way that that very 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 few other players in baseball possess that kind of potential and they recognize that you know the twins are in a very weird spot this offseason but you know with the creativity with this contract with all the MVP escalators and the plate appearance escalators, I think this is great. I think it's a great guarantee. I think it's hard to guarantee him anymore because, I mean, this is as injury-prone as it gets in baseball. Um, and, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's awesome, and I'm really happy for Twins fans. Uh, Byron Buxton uh, was worth four and a half fan, uh, baseball reference war. In, in 30 61 games. games. 61 games. A lot of that was end. in just the first, like, 40 games. You can't extrapolate. You can't double. It doesn't, it's not always that simple, but it is a good indicator of what Byron Buxton is, 
right? When he plays, he is probably a top 10 player in the world, maybe even top five when he's playing. Like the number of players who you could call or you could envision being the best player on planet earth. Byron Buxton is on that list. He is. He is on that list. And what's very interesting about him is when we have players like him who have incredible raw tools and, you know, are very productive, their injuries tend to just wipe them out completely and we don't see them at all. Like they don't even reach the big leagues or they play for a little bit or they're a fourth outfielder and they can't really hit. But what's different about Buxton is that we have now a seven-year sample size. I mean, it's he struggled the first couple of years. Yeah, I understand that. But like we really have a three or four your sample size now of him being an elite player in limited time. And that's super weird. That's a very rare circumstance. And what that leads to is a weird contract, which is what the twins and him agreed to. It is a seven-year deal worth $100 million. But that is like a very oversimplified way of saying it. Go to the MLB Trade Rumors. Shouts out to the GOATs. Uh, They have the full breakdown, but it's incredibly incentive-laden. He gets pay bumps for certain plate appearance thresholds. He earns significant amounts of money if he gets in the MVP race, which, you know, yeah, it makes sense. Eight million if he wins MVP. Eight but again, million. like that's that's yeah. the point. That's why when we say the healthy version of Byron Buxton is make he's, you know, going for next if he like, okay, if he didn't sign this and he actually played next year at age 28, he would hit the market at age 29 as one of the best players in the league, and he would sign for $300 million. So like Okay, maybe not, but uh, this is like if he somehow played 155 games and put up an eight-war season, which he totally could, right? And th- that's where it is a it is a steal, whatever, good deal for the Twins. But if you're Buxton, this makes sense. Like, you just, it's not like Byron Buxton doesn't know that he hasn't been able to stay on the field either, right? And it's not, and it's fine. It's, it's some play, it just happens with some players. I'm not faulting him. It doesn't make him a, wor- you know, it's just, it's just a reality. And he's going to take that security, and he should. I think the biggest difference, too, and what he's shown, particularly in the last couple seasons, is we saw even in 2017, before the power was there, he could be a five-win player just by being arguably the best defensive center fielder in the game and like a good hitter, right? Dude was launching balls in April. Like his max velos yeah. were exit velos were going way up. His barrel rate was way up. Like the offense was suddenly like, holy shit, here we go. And if that all comes together, I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's an eight, nine, ten win season. And if it all hits, it's a good problem for Minnesota because I, for them, it's a win-win. You know, if he stays off the field, yeah, it's, you know, seven years, $100 million for a guy who's not going to stay healthy isn't ideal. But if it, if it hits and you end up having to pay him something closer to like 150 and he hits all these incentives, that's a good thing. Then you have, you know, a guy doing Mike Trout level production for half the cost, right? But for Buxton, like you said, it's worth that risk because the odds of him staying on the field, we just don't have that track record. Super interesting. I hope that he can stay healthy. Um, the Twins are in one of the weirder spots this offseason. But for them, like the way that the 2025 Twins are good is Byron Buxton being a part of them. Because getting rid of him and rebuilding, like the guy that you want to trade for is already there, right? And he means more to you and is more valuable to you than the other teams. And so, I'm sure, and I'm sure that they have been fielding offers for him as they as they should yeah, be, right? As they should. And they probably looked around and they thought, okay, well, this is what we could get for him. Is any of this going to come close to what Byron Buxton could be for us in the next however many years? No. 
Um, and then that's that's how you make that decision. So good on Minnesota uh, for keeping him around. Um, I'm very, very happy to see that. Although I have no clue what the hell else they're going to do this offseason. I have given very little thought to them uh, otherwise. Okay, take let's me, move on. By, yep. Byron, take me out to dinner. Take me to the White House. <laughs> All right, let's get this podcast done so you can uh, tweet that joke. All right, let's move on to the Miami Marlins. Fight and fish. Come on, Marlins. Make us proud. Do it. Will these Marlins soar? Well, Matt they, Joyce. They sp- <laughs> Not Matt Joyce. Hey, Matt Joyce. No. Jesus Aguilar is still there, thankfully. But they also made some moves in the last uh, day or so. We'll start with the free agent acquisition. One of my favorite underrated players in all of baseball. Avi Sal Garcia for four years. I believe $53 million, something like that. I love Avi Sal Garcia. Uh, I think this is a great match. Again, a Marlins team that has been particularly anemic offensively. I think this is a nice fit. He's not uh, particularly old uh, among the free agents. I think he makes their offense immediately better. And uh, I just feel like he's a great fit vibes-wise for everything they have uh, going on. So this one's not that complicated. Nice to see him. And, and also a great deal for him. I mean, I think a lot of people expected yeah. it was going to be closer to, you know, three, three. But this is another great example, right? You know, 336. Avisa Garcia is probably sitting there with with like, you know, five three-year offers. And the Marlins are like, oh, you'll just sign with us if we just give you a fourth? Okay. Like it's probably that simple in in some cases, and I think this is a great a great example of one of those. Um, but I'm but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, anything on Avi before we get to to the Sandy deal? Obviously, Garcia is a great example of a guy who is a baseball tight end. He yeah. is six he four is two fifty and plays enormous. center field. Enormous. Like he but he can move. He can, he can move. move. If he was born in like Georgia or you know Idaho. He's playing tight end at Auburn and he's on the Detroit Lions, you know, and the fact that we get a unique athletic dude like this to be playing baseball is better for the rest of us. And one last thing about him. Remember, he was um, he was non-tendered twice. Right? Wasn't he non-tendered? I, I don't know if he was non-tendered twice. Because I know he, he was, was on the White Sox, and then he ended up on Tampa. I think he was non-tendered by Tampa. Or he became a free agent. Tampa just didn't bring him back. He was non-tendered by the White Sox, and Tampa picked him up. So, like, for a guy who got non-tendered to then really not change a whole lot as a player. I mean, he got better. His offensive numbers improved a little bit. But, like, to then sign a four-year deal for a lot of money, good for him. Good awesome. for the tight Love end. that. Love that. Uh, and then they uh, extend Sandy Alcantara uh, for five years, uh, 56. This is one that probably deserves a longer conversation. I think Sandy is one of the you know 20 or so best pitchers in baseball. And I this is a deal where it's like, can you blame someone in Sandy's situation for taking a guaranteed $55 million? No. Um, but this is a situation where, especially when you compare it to Bar- what Barrios got, and I know Barrios is a couple years older and has a longer track record of being, you know, particularly workload-wise, right? That's that's one of the things that yeah. I think was such in Barrios' favor. He's never been hurt. He's delivered 180 innings for like four or five seasons. Sandy's only done that for now one or two. Uh, but man, this is this looks like about as team friendly as it gets. And and I know you know there's a lot of conversation you know, with the Wander one about how much this is how much you know players should be accepting when when teams are, are offering them these extensions. This is a tough one. This one looks like probably pretty light because he 
Sandy this has just had an incredible season, man. This and, is in uh, the Ozzy yeah. Albies Acuna bucket mm-hmm. to me, where it's like, again, generational wealth up front, never fault a player for that. But like he was going to get paid an arb anyway. And the Marlins, I believe they're buying out two or three of his. It's like buying out three arb years and two free agent years or vice versa. Like that's significant. And he's the type of guy where if he hits free agency at 28, instead of now, he's, I think he's going to hit it at 30. That's a big two years. And he could have gotten paid, paid on the open market, especially when you look at what the free agent you know, situation is for pitchers right now. He'll still hit it at 50 unless he signs another extension. He'll probably still get another big contract if he stays the course. Um, and I fault, fault's the wrong word. P- when pitchers catch out, I understand that more than when hitters cash out. Because sure. every sure. single time you pick up a baseball at work and you throw it, it could be like your last throw. And so that to me makes a little bit more sense. But still, yeah. uh, and then the last deal, Jordan, uh, they traded for, uh, for <laughs> Jacob Stallings. Uh, they do need a catcher, but they they maybe seem to give up give up a little bit here for a 31 year old catcher. Yeah, and I'm not expecting the average fit. Like again, I know it's like let's not panic too much. And Jacob Stallings did just have a career year. He is one of the best defense. He won the Gold Glove. He's one of the best defensive catchers in the league. And and honestly, I do like it from the standpoint of like, okay, we have all these awesome young pitchers. You know, we mentioned Sandy. We mentioned, you know, they traded for Lazardo. We know Trevor Rogers is awesome. We know Sixto, who didn't throw a single pitch in 2021, is supposed to come back in 2022. They've got a lot of arm. Max Myers on the way. Like, Stallings is exactly the kind of guy that you would have be your catcher. That said, and by the way, from the Pirates' side, it's like, okay, like, Jacob Stallings is one of the few good things we have. We're just getting even worse. And, you know, they're in the all the way the bucket of just, like, build for the future and who cares if we have any good players and that has its own issues. But, like... Good for them for getting Connor Scott, who was the 13th overall pick three years ago and just had a totally solid season in A-ball. Zach Thompson, who was like a totally decent major league pitcher this past year in, you know, 75 innings. Uh, And Kyle Nicholas, who's another guy, second round pick just from last year, who's also had a great season in the minors and reached double A. So, I mean, this is exactly the kind of like, I, I feel like, if you're the Pirates, you probably are like, what are we keeping Jacob Stallings around? These are the kind of guys that can actually make an impact, especially a guy like Connor Scott, who not that long ago, you know, was was that that well uh, regarded. So uh, I do get it for both sides. I get if you're a Pirates fan, I can still understand being pissed. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like kind of a steep price. I know the Marlins have a decent farm system otherwise, but that one just seemed a little bit weird to be giving up on the guy you just took in the first round a couple years ago and someone you just took in the second round and someone who was just one of your good major league pitchers for a catcher. But hey, we see that clearly teams are desperate to have competent catchers. There are fewer of them yeah. than ever. And for that, I, I, I do kind of like that. But uh just seemed like a little steep price to pay. Uh, uh, all right, anything they, else? It's also, it's also I think the yeah. last interesting thing about the Marlins is that it's the only division in baseball where all five teams are seem to be trying to win in 2022. Right. I mean, the Marlins, I mean, the Marlins right. again, like, yeah, maybe yeah, it's more 23, 24, but training and, and for the 31 year weird one, but yeah, the nationals are a weird one, but like, yeah, maybe the nationals, maybe the nationals are the one team not trying to win. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I still thought <laughs> they would make a couple of moves, but it's not looking great. I just not don't, great for, I just don't for, think Mike Rizzo likes sitting on his ass. And that's why I'm surprised they haven't been a little bit more active. Uh, okay, last team to talk about the Tampa Bay uh, Rays. Yes, they uh, signed Wander Franco forever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, huzzah. They also signed Corey Kluber to a one-year $13 million deal. And Brooks Raley. I think it's, I bu- eight, I think it's eight up with incentives up to 13. So. Eight with incentives up to 13. Yeah. And they Which signed. For a guy like Kluber. And did we get uh, terms on the Brooks Raley deal? I believe that is uh, two for 10 uh, or maybe two for 11. Um, so, anytime, so yeah, I mean, anytime that the Rays pay for relieving relief pitching is an interesting thing to think about. I don't really want to do it right now because there's all this other crap going on and my brain's tired and, you know, I'm, I'm flying to Santo Domingo in four hours. But to me, Jordan, that's worthy of greater investigation. If you look at their bullpen from this past season, it's all guys that, like, we didn't know about before they were on the race. And Brooks Raley is just a – he's fine. He was okay. We watched for the World Series. He was all right. Wasn't superb. Feels like the type of thing that, like – the Rays are going to do one quick trick and you're in the all-star game. So Brooks Raley does have, he's got some funk yeah. and he has been, while his ERA has been meh, he has been elite. He has the lowest hard hit rate against of any pitcher over the last two years. Um, and he doesn't throw very hard, uh, but it's, and I've, I've joked about this before. There, there are some pitchers where if you are very good at command and you have one really good pitch, and in his case, he's got crazy high spin fastball and curveball, even if he doesn't throw that hard, you can induce a ton of soft contact by throwing soft. <laughs> so uh, he is he has been an amazing guy uh, for, for that over, over the last couple of years. And I'm not surprised that the Rays were like, this freaking weirdo is perfect for us. But I do agree with your point that any time that the Rays actually uh, spend a little bit uh, it is notable. And then Kluber is a guy that they were after last year. Um, and from what they we saw from them this year, I mean, you know, he was hurt again a lot and he threw a no-hitter and he was fine. He ended up being kind of, I would call him slightly disappointing for what he got last year. Um, and I would imagine the Rays just think, oh, we could do better than what he did for the Yankees. And maybe they're right. Yeah, if you're the Rays, you're hoping you get like three, four inning postseason starts, yep. right? Out of Corey Kluber. That's what yep. that's that's what you're bringing him in for. He's, I think, less reliable and will be less durable than Michael Waka was, but he's kind of filling that Michael Waka role that the Rays had last year. Okay, that's enough transactions in the past, Jordan. Let's yep. look at the future. Um, let's gaze into our crystal ball and let's say, let's tell you what this all means. What does this all mean? What does it all mean, Jordan? Why are we on earth? No, not that. Not that big. Uh, let's, first thing, first, let's talk about Carlos Correa. Because he is the best player in the market, on the free agent market, best player around town. He has given no indications that he's going to sign before the uh, fake deadline that is looming only a couple days away. What do you think his market looks like now? Because the Rangers seem, were rumored uh, to be interested. They have to be out Maybe they're in. Maybe they're going to get to a billion dollars guaranteed this offseason. But they're most likely out. The Mets, I would say, at this point are probably out. But, I, you know, with that, with that hedge fund, <laughs> fine. that I'm hedge fine fund money. The Mets are out. That's fine. Mets are out. So then what are we looking at now? We're looking at the Yankees. Yep. We're looking at the Dodgers. Yep. We're looking at the Angels. Sure. Yeah. Tigers. Hello. Tigers. I think, I think we're I think still that is, looking. I think we might still be looking at the Astros. I 
I just don't want to count them out. I don't think they're going to do it, but I think I think it's if enough teams are dropping out of the mix, maybe they're still involved. I would be skeptical, especially because I think they think Jeremy Pena is ready to fill that spot. Um, and they did just pay Verlander. I would Where, say I would say that Seeger being gone, the Dodgers are the team I'm watching the most. Now I know that the Yankees have been even quieter, but they did sign Jose Peraza today. So Whoa! that spot could be filled. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, they're not kidding about Peraza, but you know, presumably that's not Peraza horn. Peraza horn. Woo woo woo. But yeah, this broke New York Mets got outspent for former Met great Jose Peraza by the Peraza big the market Yankees. Peraza in the Bronx. Bronx Raza. Woo woo woo. Peraza horn. Yankees. Woo. Yankees. Dodgers. Tigers. Can you guys make one of those like those those graphics that people circulate where it's like insane day exclamation point in MLB free agency and it's like Peraza, the Jacob Stallings trade. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I got you. Brooks Raley. Uh, uh yes, it is uh it is a big deal. But yes, so I mean that's that's what I'm looking at. And man, I I, I agree, I hear what you're saying about the Astros, but it just seems like He's going to get some crazy offer from one of these three teams. I just, at some point. The Dodgers, that's so spicy. It is. is, but like, dude, they're, I mean, they're still very good. But like, they're going to, if they want to keep up here, like this is, this is not, I know the American League's been doing more of the spending so far. NL West looking washed. I mean, Gossman gone. You know, know. AOS booming. Business is booming. Um, (laughs) Stonks. (laughs) But that's that's what I'd say about Correa. And and again, we've heard we've heard very little. Oh, here he is having lunch with AJ Hinch. It's like, okay, yeah, I know. Uh, All my all my buddies get lunch with AJ Hinch regularly. Okay, that means nothing. My (laughs) grandma, Sandy, got lunch with AJ Hinch last week. Uh, But I will say that. It seems that he has been fine waiting the whole time, right? I mean, maybe we'll be proven wrong, but uh, he's not a Boris guy. He's got his own squad. He's not like, you know, they, he's clearly like, you know what? I will be the main attraction in February. Um, and, you know, that's fine. It'll, it'll, if, when you're the best player in the market, it'll probably work out for you regardless. And now there's a floor, which is the Corey Seager contract, 10, yep. 325. Nothing below that will do. He's better than Seeger. He's younger than Seeger, right? Yes. Yeah. And he's more of a shortstop. I think um, he, yeah, I mean, maybe the, but you know, maybe it's just, maybe the AV is around the same or lower, but maybe it's 11 years, you know, maybe it's 12 years, whatever. We'll Do see. you have any other takeaways from the flurry of news that we've gotten? I mean, well, there's the Dodgers losing out on Seeger and losing out on Scherzer is interesting. We mentioned that sure. briefly. There's, my favorite one is the Angels having spent uh, weeks ago on Aaron Loop Noah, and Noah Syndergaard. We didn't even talk about them giving Mike Le- Michael Lorenzen $7 million and just putting him in the rotation. What? I mean, uh, like, I love Michael Lorenzen, but like, that's, and I, I, I can see being like, this guy, best one of the best athletes in the game. He has great stuff. You know, he could hold up. But he just had a five ERA as a bad reliever on the Reds. And you're like, three starter. You get him around <laughs> Otani, two two-way guys just talking shop. I don't know. Yeah. So that bullpen. was strange. But the Angels definitely tough look for the Angels with the Mariners and Rangers moves, uh, for sure. 
And yeah, I mean, I, I am genuinely curious, uh, you know, for all the Mets flurry, like I am very excited for the Yankees panic. We are now back into Yankees panic mode and the options are getting small. You know, maybe they get story in the next 24 hours, right? And that, that's the other thing, right? So let's quickly talk about before we wrap here. Who's left? A um, lot of good players left, even despite again, the madness. Despite the madness, there are still a lot of good players left. I think we will get one more big one tonight that we're not going to get to talk about because we have to end this podcast. Do you want to um, pretend like we know? Okay, quickly. Javi Baez, eight years, three million, Kansas City Royals swooping in low. Kind of he just loves fit. the culture in Kansas City. Wants to play with Bobby Witt Jr. He, he just like, hates porn. He <laughs> and he just loves Kansas City. People loves don't it. know this, but Javi Baez just loves hometown loves discount because he viewed himself as okay. It's probably not happening. Now we did have loves, those like Baez loves barbecue, hates porn, <laughs> loves Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he is um, Baez. We had those rumors. Oh, Baez Tigers talking. We've, we've seen some rumors, John Morosi just tweeting uh, a little bit ago, that, again, the, the Mariners still being aggressive on Taylor Bryant. Baez also mentioned. So, story also has been rumored. The ones where it doesn't seem like we're going to hear anything are Carlos Rodon, Freddie Freeman. Weird that we haven't heard anything on him. And Carlos Stroh. Rodon Carlos Rodon didn't reply to my text by, about, about okay. a week ago. Well, so, that we, we have no inside info. Sources are confirming that the deal is not ne- reaching ahead. I love this verbiage. <laughs> Growing yeah. indications. Growing yeah. indications. Growing indications are leaning towards Carlos Rodon forgetting to text Jake Beck, so he's well, not I signing be before clear. the deadline. I want to yeah. be clear. I didn't text him. Hey, what's what's what are you thinking? It wasn't like where are we signing? I was asking him about uh, he you know he has eggs. He has chickens on his farm, and I was asking mm. if I could have some eggs. I will say that the one that I am interested in, um, if and if it is going to speed up in a way that we, we aren't expecting is actually Stroman just because Gossman and Ray, those deals are clearly, you know, within range. And I think he's right there with them. Um, so that's one that maybe it's like if some team loves Stroman and just gives them 120, maybe Stroman signs, but I, I'd, I'd be surprised. But I At think a certain Brian, point, if you're the last yeah. pitcher on the market, you might as well just yeah. wait as long as possible and make every yeah. team compete for a pitcher because no team is going to have enough pitching when yep. even after every free agent has signed, it's yep. not like it's not, even if like That's the Yankees point. or Dodgers signed Stroman, it's not even like they would run out or it's yeah. not even like they would have their needs filled for starting pitching. You always need more. Totally agree. I would say having starting um, pitching is like having love and affection, right? You can never have too much. There's never too much love and affection. <laughs> but maybe maybe we will get uh, some more. I will say, I have, I've said this from the beginning. Kansas City barbecue, apparently. I, I, would, I would love Chris Bryant in Seattle, so that is what I'm going to try to manifest. But there's still so many. Like, we've heard zip about Seiya Suzuki. Again, that seems crazy. That's going to get done. Zip about Conforto. Zip about Anthony Rizzo. Kenley Jansen. You know, Nelson Cruz. Freddie Freddy Freeman. Freddie Freeman, Freeman, dude. But, but like Jorge Soler, hello? We were just thinking a lot about him. We've heard nothing about him. Um, but I'm sure we will get a few more deals. But we are going to end this podcast right now. It's over. Because Bobby wants, needs to edit it. And Bobby is going to put this up tonight, Monday night. Thank you all for listening to this edition of Baseball Barbecue. We kept it at just around an hour. This was a lot of fun, Jake Mintz. Have a safe uh, plane ride to Santo Domingo where you'll be watching some Winter League action. An Omicron-free experience is what I'm hoping for, Jordan. I'm anti-Omicron, not flying I know Delta. you've already gotten COVID, but, you, I mean, well, it's too late now. But you, you, you might want to get boosted again before we go to the Bahamas. I don't uh, know. 
Yeah. And I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to pressure you here on the podcast. Breaking Delino to Shields to the Mets for four whoa, years, whoa, wait, eighty-seven million. Oh shit, oh, Jordan. Right. Jordan. Mets signing Brett Gardner for two years, fifty million. Jordan, <laughs> I I just want to get back to saying, Jordan, me signing, uh, me getting the vaccine, the booster. That's a personal choice. Okay. <laughs> All right. I am. Here it comes one year, John Jay. Jay. John Jay, one year, 32 million from the Mets. Wow. <laughs> to be the manager? Ooh. Andrew ooh. Romine, player manager, he will be making, uh, that's a five year deal, 103 million. Hey, wait, Bobby, one before more. I let you go, before I let you go. Oh, okay, yeah. Four years, 80 million for Pep Guardiola <laughs> to manage the Mets. Yes. Who says yes. no? Yes. Lincoln Riley? Yes. There's a there's yes. a topical reference. <laughs> I think he's kind of busy. I saw oh, that he Lincoln might get Riley, fired from USC dude, halfway through Lincoln next year. Lincoln Riley got the same amount of money as Kevin Gossman. What? What is going on? Yeah. Wait, really? What? I'm not kidding. <laughs> what? Uh, last thing, last manifest here, last Mariners manifest. Michael Pineda, bring him home. Bring yes. home Big Mike. I want Pineda as the five starter <laughs> in Seattle. I know there's no way Mariners fans agree with me, but I would love to see that. All right. I'm done. Thank you, Bobby, for producing. Thank you, Jake Mintz. Orioles, get in the mix. Orioles, <laughs> get in there. Orioles, just do something. I don't excited oh, Jose Iglesias. Oh, oh bring Hanser Alberto back. Mike Elias, he drafted Carlos Correa. He, they're gonna Ooh. they're gonna sign him, right? Right? No? Oh, okay. Wrong. All right, bye. Talk bye. to you next week when we're locked out. Bye.